0: the North American Cold Training and Leadership Podcast, a podcast about great leadership for the purpose of helping our leaders be great. I'm your host, Jared Petrie. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about a principle that will help any organization grow. We're going to be talking about a quote from a great leader. His name is Truett Cathy. He was the founder of a great fast food restaurant called Chick-fil-A. And I first heard the story a few years ago, but it was so impactful to me at the time that I like to revisit it and retell it every once in a while. This story actually comes from one of the vice presidents at Chick-fil-A, and he tells a story like this. Back in the 1990s, there was a company called Boston Chicken, and that company eventually became known as Boston Market. And this was Chick-fil-A's first serious competition because they were in the chicken business and it was a similar type of setup, unlike many of the other fast food chains. And Boston Market had huge expansion plans. They wanted to be a billion-dollar company or at least have a billion-dollar in sales by the year 2000. So the Chick-fil-A insiders were pretty nervous about this. This was their first real competitor in the market. Same customers, and again, they were looking for a way to grow fast. So suddenly, as they felt this pressure, they began having conversations, Chick-fil-A did, about how to grow bigger and how to grow faster. So as this vice president shared a story, he said the entire situation kind of culminated in a boardroom at Chick-fil-A headquarters with all their VPs and marketing people going back and forth around the table. You know, how do we get bigger, faster, bigger, faster so that we can compete with Boston Market? And Truett, who was sitting down at the end of the end of the table, and as this vice president kind of tells the story, he was sitting there very, very quietly In fact, he said it didn't even look like Truett was engaged at all, like in the meeting, like he wasn't paying attention to what was going on. And then he said that all of a sudden, and it was the first time he had ever seen this happen, and if you know anything about Truett Kathy, you know this is out of character for him, but Truett started banging his fists on the table. And until he did that until he had everyone's attention and everyone staring at him like, Wow, they're just shocked and amazed at what's going on, and he said to them, he said, Gentlemen, I am sick and tired of hearing you talk about us getting bigger. And then there was pause, and he said, what we need to be talking about is getting better. And then he gave the quote that I found so impactful. He said, if we get better, our customers will demand that we get bigger. If we get better, then our customers will demand that we get bigger. And so this moment from Truitt, it, it shifted the entire conversation. It was just a defining moment in the conversation and in their strategy. And just for your information, in the year 2000, Boston Market actually filed for bankruptcy. It was in that same year that Chick-fil-A hit a billion dollars in sales for the very first time. And, and I thought, you know, that is how great leaders think. They shift the paradigm. They see things through a different filter. You know, how do we get better? Because if we get better, our customers will force us to get bigger. So you have to ask the question, how do we make our company better? Well, I think part of the point of this podcast every week is to help our leaders get better and to help North American coal go further. But I think uh, to the words we are going to talk about today are are clarification and evaluation. If you want to make anything better, it takes clarification and evaluation. So we're gonna talk about those two words today. Well, this is the short answer, but before I jump into clarification and evaluation, I just wanna say one thing about getting better. I think as leaders, and maybe this is where some of us get stuck, I think I have to come to work every day assuming it, it can get better. I think the day that I think that it is as good as it can get, that there is no better, I think that is a bad sign as a leader, and I think that leaders do that for multiple reasons that we're not going to get into today, but I think we have to assume, whether it's my division or my department or my team, every day I have to show up to work and say, you know what, we could be better. Not in some negative kind of drive people crazy kind of way, like we're always harping on them, but hey, we can be better. There's always room for improvement. And you wouldn't think that there would be much much pushback on, on that idea, but as organizations age, as companies age, and, and really as leaders age, I think we begin to back off from that incessant drive that, that many of us begin with, especially if, say, if you're successful, and especially if you are the most success, successful, whether that's in your field or at your job or whatever it is that you do, that drive that you have to make it better. And again, you look around and you're better than most of your competition. You know, let's just keep pounding the same nail. Why Why do we need to strive to be better when we are the best? So we, we tend to get complacent. Then I think as leaders, especially when you're, say, in your 20s and 30s, you're, you're trying to prove something to somebody. Then you're in your 40s and suddenly you're trying to prove something to yourself. And then Next thing you know, you're in your 50s and you look around and you say, well, I I proved it. What else do I have to prove? So I think that we have to be careful because in the life cycle of a company or an individual, it's easy to lose our drive to make things better. And that is why that story of, of Truett Cathy is so fascinating to me because he was by far in that room, the oldest person around that table. He doesn't need any more money. He doesn't need any more influence. He doesn't need anything and yet he was the one that clarified the issue we don't need to push bigger we need to push better and there's a tendency that once something is established we really see our role to make it grow and market it but not to continue making it better we can lose our drive and sometimes to to make things better Now, most everyone listening to this podcast would probably agree that continual improvement is a good thing, but what we're talking about is all of our tendencies to begin focusing on growth once we feel that things are probably as good as they are going to be, or as as good as they are, why continue improving? That is why the idea of continual improvement and always looking for ways to make it better must be more than something we just talk about. If we want our people to always be working towards making it better, then we must make it one of our core values, not just for those who are here now, but for those future leaders who are just coming into the organization or who are going to come into the organization years from now. But right now, I want to go ahead and get back to clarification and evaluation. Now. By clarification, I mean defining the win. What is the win? What is the bullseye on the target for those critical events? What is the win? What is the wow? We got it right. Because if that is not clear, then it is impossible to evaluate. And if you are not evaluating from a win, then it's impossible to make it better because no one is is clear around what it is. So if I clarify the win, then in clarifying the win I know exactly what we're working on and again as we'll see in a minute then we will have a better idea of how to evaluate now clarifying the win is it's not an easy process in fact you may know what the win is but you have to clarify it in such a way that everybody understands what it is that we're trying to do and you may be asking why would a leader not do this and I'll tell you why it's because it requires Meetings, that that dreaded M word, you have to sit down with people and spend hours in an environment where it feels like you're not doing anything. And I think that's a mentality we all have about meetings is you're not making any progress because you're talking about words and there's whiteboards and there's post-it notes. And because clarifying the win, it, it's a process and it's difficult, but once you get it, once you define that, what are we here to do? So much will hang on that statement. But that doesn't magically appear in someone's dream. That takes sitting down and asking, what are we here to do? What are we here to do? So again, clarifying the win takes time. I think leaders, especially depending upon their personality, you know, we, we don't have time for that. Let's just, uh, we know what we're doing. We're, we're mining coal or lime rock. We're, we're building things. We're hiring people. We're looking for new markets. So again, Stopping long enough to clarify the win and creating terminology that everyone can embrace, it's huge, but again, it just takes time. And now, a, a win might sound like a goal, but it's actually much more than that. You know you you reach a goal, but you experience a win. Now again, as subtle as this is, it, it is so huge. When a leader or a, a leadership team or a management team can take static goals especially when they are numeric and can create some terminology around the win you know what is the win not just the goal but what is the win there is just more energy it's it's easier to communicate and I think it's easier for people to rally around so if you're going to make anything better you've got to know what the win is so here is something you can do around this principle of clarifying the win that can be so helpful Try to look at your team and give every one of your direct reports a one sentence job description. This one sentence being that individual's personal win in the company. This is going to be a pretty difficult task because if you look at most people's job descriptions and this is in any company, most of them are a page or two. But you're asking yourself if Tom or Mary or whoever it may be, if they don't get anything else right, what is that one thing? If all else fails. If you want to know how I am evaluating your success in the company, here it is. So here again, even clarifying the win down to the role of individuals in the, in the company, it's a very, very, very very powerful thing that you can do. And so that's clarification, but let's also talk about evaluation. In order to make it better, there has to be clarity around the it, you know, what is it we are trying to do, and then evaluation. And I would imagine that everybody in the podcast audience has some kind of evaluation that they do, but evaluation is no better than the standard against which we are evaluating. And again, it goes back to the clarity around what are we trying to do and then building into, and then building that into the rhythm of the company and and an evaluation process and there can be a tendency to always evaluate against the numbers, and there has to be a place where you do that. You do evaluate against the numbers, but I think there's also an experiential evaluation that we have to pay attention to, and some, some people go purely anecdotal, and that's not healthy, and some people will go purely numerical, and that's not healthy either. So trying to create an evaluation process that takes Both of those into consideration, I think it's important, but it's going to be somewhat specific to your team and your environment. So let's put it this way. Anything worth doing is worth evaluating. You may have monthly, weekly, quarterly events that you will need to evaluate on a weekly, monthly, or quarterly basis. However, the tendency is generally to evaluate what didn't work and to give almost no time to evaluating what did work. And I think that one of the reasons that people don't learn from evaluations is basically evaluation becomes a fix-it session. You know, let's fix it. Let's fix what didn't work last time. But some of your greatest learnings can come from evaluating what worked to make sure it continues to work. And again, that takes us back to the theme of this podcast. The theme of the podcast is how do you make it better? And you can't make it better if all you do in your evaluation sessions is fix what broke. To make it better, you have to evaluate what worked in order to make it better. So again, the way we do evaluation determines whether or not evaluation really is a leverage point for making North American coal better. So the assumption can be that if there is nothing wrong, then everything was right. But right isn't the goal. Better is the goal. And there's an article that came out in the Harvard Business Review in 2011. That article was called, Why Leaders Don't Learn from Success. It's a great article, and I actually provided a link for it in the newsletter, so you can go back and read that for yourself. However, I want to actually read an excerpt from the article that I think is particularly helpful helpful in what we're discussing today. When you're confronted with failure, it's natural to ask why disaster struck. Unfortunately, success does not trigger such soul searching. Success is commonly interpreted as evidence not only that your existing strategy and practices work, but also that you have all the knowledge and information that you need. So sometimes success is actually the worst enemy of making anything better. If I want to make it better, then I have to evaluate success as well as failure. And that is not intuitive, I think, for for most leaders. I think part of the reason why is we don't like meetings and we're in a hurry and we, we're just ready to get back to, to, to the real work. We're ready to get back to mining coal. And if you're experiencing momentum, especially within your team, your department, at your mining site, but you have no idea why you're experiencing that momentum, you better find out or you may stop doing what it is that you're doing that is creating that momentum. We're always one bad decision away from undermining our own success. Again, if we do not understand why something works, it's almost impossible to protect the things that work. And so I'm going to wrap up and leave you with this when it comes to evaluation. Evaluation always has to be unfiltered. Nothing can be off limits. If you can't talk about it, you can't make it better. And if you can't criticize it, you can't make it better. Experience doesn't make you better. Only evaluated experience makes you better. So, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I think what Truett said is applicable to to leaders in any field. That if we make it better, then whoever it is that we impact, they will demand that we make it bigger. So, I wish everyone to uh, I wish you all have a great week, and I will see you next Monday. Thank you.